All right, welcome into Cap and Trade. This is episode 42. I am your host, Texans Cap, joined remote via mobile video feed. Mr. Landry Locker, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, dude. Doing doing good. Uh, the good thing is, as late as the start is, as chaotic as you think it is, you're not as much of a disaster as the Texans were today. So, you know, you're already you're already playing for second place no matter what. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been an interesting day watching the timeline. You know, this is probably more so than I've been able to actually interact on Twitter since I've been on vacation this week and and kind of get the a pulse of the fans, especially listen to y'all on the radio and see how things are going. And it's just getting ugly. And I just don't get what is going on with Lovey versus the media. I don't. He's getting more irritable week by week. Um, I mean, I just don't know. If, I feel like at some point he's just going to go off on somebody, and I don't know who it's going to be. But, I mean, it, it's just been a rough week on that front. And then, you know, how the whole benching of Davis Mills was handled. And then, you know, saying that they haven't made a decision. And then Pep says there's no change in the plan. And then it's leaked out 15 minutes later that it's Kyle Allen going to start this week. So it's just been a, a crazy, crazy day. Well, it was actually leaked out before Pep, and it was hilarious because Casario was on at 730. Uh, he didn't say anything. Um, Lovey goes up there, and L- Lovey's, j- Lovey's just a jerk. Like, I don't know. Like, he's a jerk, and he's not a good enough coach to be a jerk. And the main reason that he was brought here was to be a face of the organization. And he's just kind con- He's just – I don't like using the word bully because I think it's, like, way too, like – overused sometimes in society but he's just nothing short of a jerk like and he and i can give like specific examples like he's the one who brought up that there was going to be a change in the first place so he's the one who said on monday there's going to be a change so naturally the reporters do their jobs and they ask about the change and he gets all pissed off about it uh he brings up competitive advantage uh today uh, Brooks Cabina just simply asks, you know, what is the competitive advantage? He gets pissed about that. Like, he can't even, he can't even, you know, be con- a consistent hardo. Uh, he's just all over the place. And I don't look. If you think it's a competitive advantage, cool. I think it's kind. Of, I think I think you can kind of argue that it isn't. I, th- I think it's like debatable. But to be like that dug in and unwilling to say anything, and then it gets leaked out five minutes later. I think it's hilarious. And what worries me, though, about this organization is that now I think that this organization is going to be more mad about the leaks than the fact so, that they so just the big thing I want to make sure I address on this one. Sorry. I think I think they're going to be more mad about the leaks than the fact that they just look goofy and weird today. Uh, and I thought it was one of the bigger losses that the Texans have had in the last few years because, you know, this kind of goofy crap – it bothers people. It annoys so the big thing people. Uh, and now, like, it seems like it hasn't gone away. And they're still doing this goofy crap. And it's just kind of, it's just kind of frustrating, man. I feel for, I feel for the fan base that, you know, they just can't, they just can't figure stuff out. Uh, and, you know, in the big scheme of things, it might not matter. But this just seems like something that, you know, you thought would be gone and and, and and honestly cap 
I think this is the time where Cal McNair, Hannah McNair, whoever else needs to talk to Casario and, and find out if he's got his crap together um, with the way that this whole thing went down. Uh, like, I, I think Cal has been guilty of, you know, kind of letting O'Brien, you know, do his thing and give him enough rope to hang himself, maybe too much rope. But, you know, you have your culture thing going on. Uh, you have... Uh, I guess the Easterby thing's gone, and, and you have your coach going out there doing that. Like, th this is where I would like to see Cal and Hannah kind of just step in and at least, like, ask Casario, you know, what's the deal here, man? Yeah, I mean, it. it's just been – it It looks like a total miscommunication between coach and heads, you know, GM to head coach to offensive coordinator. You're getting multiple different stories, no real – commonality no standard message or anything like that you know it's just a little bit of i don't know if they're all on different pages or everybody has different opinions and it just kind of makes me wonder where this change is really being driven from is it coming from lovey is it coming from casario is i mean casario says it's a joint decision i think that's the you know kind of the organizational standard response but it's just a lot of a lot of just all over the place there's, you know, I, I was trying to get the video come up to pull up for Robert Sala, and you saw his press conference today, and it was very clear, very concise of, yes, we bench Wilson. Here's why his mechanics, his fundamentals are going backwards. He needs to sit down for a week or two, reassess, get himself back going. You know, it's just very straightforward message. And I think if Houston, if Lovey had come out with something similar to that, just be honest with the, you know, with the media and with the fans of what's going on instead of trying to play this cat and mouse game. It's not like you're vying for a playoff spot. It's not like you're vying for, you know, all this chess and, you know, secret moves and all that stuff. Just be honest and come out and say what it is. You know, Davis Mills is not playing well. He needs to sit back and reset. He needs to, just like last season where he, you know, he, they brought back Tyrod and then once he got hurt again, then Davis Mills started playing better. I don't know if that's going to happen this year or not, but, just be honest with everybody. I mean, it's not that hard. If you're, gonna, if you're not going to be honest, at least have a clue. Like, have a clue that it's going to get out, and you're going to look stupid. Like, yeah. if you it's like have have some sort of like grasp of reality that an agent most likely is going to tell Garofalo, he's going to tell whoever else, and they're going to find out. Like, have a clue. Like, yeah. have have some sort of clue. Have some sort of grasp of things, because that's where they look stupid. Like, it's very obvious, and it almost seems like corny ass New England stuff because I heard, I don't, I heard that like in the media availability, Davis Mills was working with the first team, and then as soon as the media left, it was basically like Kyle Allen get out there. Uh, so it, it it almost seems like it was just overly corny the way they did it. And look, I I think I don't want to speak for you, but when it comes to like how things are handled and the grasp of today's NFL and the way that decisions go. I, I take I, I take how Robert Sala handles it over how Lovey Smith handles it, and really, quite frankly, over how Casario handles it. This was a bad day for me for Casario too. Yeah. And I think the, the honeymoon phase is kind of over with Casario for me, and it's time to truly evaluate him. And I'm I'm skeptical about him. Some of the stuff that he said today, uh, some of it might just be a me thing, but he bothered the hell out of me the way that he said goodbye to uh, Sean and Seth. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, and, you know, this is a good time to remember that there are more important things than football. Shut the hell up. 
Like, you don't need to tell your fan base that. They, they don't show up to the games as it is. Like, did you say that in New England? There's more important things than football. I don't need to hear my I don't need to hear my GM saying that. Like, it's one thing if you're addressing a tragedy or something like that, but just a little smug, and it's important to remember. Nah, it's important to remember you need to go win some games. Because football, it builds bonds. Uh, there's people who are that you know they're they're centered around uh, football relationships. Uh, there's opportunity because of football to do other things off the field. Um, the Houston economy is better when football's there. Like I just don't need that smug Silicon Valley type BS uh, that oh yeah you know there's more important things than football. Shut up. Like that that was that annoyed the hell out of me. And then the Kamu Gruje Hill thing, um, I, I, I heard and McLean said basically what he was saying. Uh, if you missed the interview, it's on the Odyssey app, 7.30 uh, a.m. on Payne and Pendergast. Um, you really won't miss much. I'll summarize the good stuff. You really yeah, talk to it was, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it sucked. Uh, but uh, he basically just said, like, there was some fake news out there, and, you know, there's uh, – there's reports. And so I, I hate, and here. you know, and he'll he'll qualify it with, when he says that he'll, you know, there's, and quite frankly, it's inaccurate, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah. But he'll say, but that's okay, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, but it also doesn't matter because what what McLean said that he was talking about, what I heard was that, you know, Kamu Grugier Hill didn't, you know, just ask to be out of Houston because it sucked, and they were going to cut him anyways. And my thing is, I don't care if Justin Britt has personal stuff going on um i don't care if uh kama gruje hell asked to get released so you're going to release him the problem is let's not deflect the problem is you brought these guys back to be your culture guys regardless of regardless of the extra stuff they couldn't play like they they couldn't play like justin Britt was not he could not play football anymore and kama gruje hill was one of the worst linebackers on a really bad linebacking court. So I don't care if Tom Pelissaro got a story wrong or someone got a story wrong and asked for a release. Like, I, I just, it doesn't really matter to me. And I, I think he, he basically confirmed the Cook stuff, but like, just if, if you want to correct it, correct it. But like, just the smug, like, vague, like, oh, I don't know, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that Casario got them out of this mud, but I mean, now it's time to really look at Casario in today. That was not a well-oiled machine. I think something needs to be said. Like someone need, like he needs to be pulled into his high, his superior's office and asked like, what the hell was that? What is y'all's plan? What is the payoff here? Uh, do, do you really think that you think it's a competitive advantage? Okay. Well, you do realize that agents are going to leak it. Like that's, that's kind of how it works. That's why Saul is giving it up. So you got to figure that out. Uh, why is your coach getting mad about basic questions going up there looking silly, like making himself look silly? And, you know, he's supposed to be like the face and the adult stuff. Like, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated for the people. I'm frustrated for myself because um, this type of stuff shouldn't be happening. Like the bad football, okay, that's going to happen. You got 75 million dead cap. You've had to go through what you got uh, going. You got Lovey Smith, who is used to coaching bad football. Uh, more times than not, he coaches bad football. Uh, that's fine. You're, you're still you're gonna have the number one pick. I'm fine with that. But this type of stuff, this is the type of stuff that's not supposed to happen anymore. And it did today. And you look stupid. And an organization that's ahead of you on the rebuild, uh, they got a head start, but they have their coach that they believe is gonna take them to the promised land. 
They have a similar situation. Second year quarterback struggling. They handled it flawlessly, smoothly in freaking New York mm -hmm. and in Houston, where you don't grill near, near as much. You handled it. You look silly, and that's something. And if Nick Casario doesn't think he looks silly today, then you got a problem. But Cal McNair, Hannah McNair. Props to them. They're working their asses off. They're trying to do everything. I just don't think they should give him uh, too much rope. He should at least be uh, talked to about how he, how today went, whether it's him, whether it's Lovey, whatever. That was pathetic. Yeah, it's got it's top to bottom from from front office to to the coaching staff. There's there's no common message coming out like we said. It's there's too many different voices of opinion. Two different you know, different messages coming out and it's just, it's just a bad look top to bottom. Like you said, it, especially when it happens at the exact same time that it's going down in New York and they, like you said, handle it near flawlessly versus how everything went down here. And it's just, it's just wild. And, you know, hopefully it's a, a I hate to say another learning experience for this, for this organization, but you only get so many learning, learning experiences before you start showing improvement no matter if it's roster building on the field and in this case off the field and how things are handled, that this organization's got to find ways to be able to manage things like this because it's going to carry over into the field, carry over into the locker room, and it's just it's just not going well for them. And this is just a another step backwards at this point. And you know, it's starting to the the questions about Casario are starting to leak out on the timeline. I I saw it all day today. You know, it's yeah. they're drifting away from Lovey and finding a new villain to pick on and Casario is starting to get well, they should. Yeah. It's it's his time. It's yeah. his time. We've been very fair to him. It's his time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's like I said earlier today on Twitter, I mean he he's he's by he's not perfect. He's had his missteps. He's we talked about it two weeks ago in the Cooks debacle. And uh, he's had his mistakes. He's had some good things. But it's worth digging into a little bit further. Uh, I understand he's still coming out of a deep hole with this with this organization, with this roster, with the salary cap situation. But 2023, the offseason, this coming offseason is going to be critical, not only for the roster building, how they handle the quarterback, how they handle the coaching staff. And this is going to be a make-or-break off season for Casario by all means. I mean, people, people can say he had a, he's got a six year contract and all that stuff. This is he's got to show something. You want to hear what I'm comparing Casario to right now? Like, sure. and that's like how important year three is for Casario. Yeah. He could be the Texan Sashi Brown. Like, honestly, like Sashi Brown was only GM for a few years. Sashi died, died for everything, died for the process in Cleveland. They went, they went through the, the, the ugliest process you can go through, but, you know, year three or whatever it was, he didn't get the job done, uh, and I think he was with the organization for, like, six years. Like, if Casario doesn't get it together at this point, then I would not be opposed to this being his final year. Um, th that's how important this is, man. Like, this can't, this can't be a just sit there and drag your feet. And, and I'm, not, I'm not sitting here looking for wins. I'm not sitting here looking for uh, – as a matter of fact, I'm looking for the opposite. But – to handle things the way that they were handled today from 7.30 to about noon is unacceptable. It is unacceptable. And it is, it's, it's more important. That, that stretch from Monday to, to Wednesday is more important than any game you play this year because fans are already laughing at you. You already look like a joke from Lovey Smith on Sunday, acting like fans haven't booed all year. Yes, they have. 
They booed you literally every game. Literally every game you've gotten booed. You there's might have your there's nobody on, there to boo. <laughs> but they're getting booed. Like, it's happening. And, and, and the stadium is empty. So, yes, you are. Like, from Sunday to Wednesday, that is what matters as much as winning games at this point. And they failed miserably. And if you can't handle that, you don't have a grasp of that, then you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. You're going to be fighting an uphill battle and – I just it, it's it's frustrating when I hear stuff when I hear stuff like that yeah. and and see stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't think I we've we've been very fair with Casario, but I don't think you can minimize just how stupid they look today. They look like, I mean, if let's be honest, like they're actually kind of lucky they're the Texans because if this had been the Giants or this had been the Cowboys or this had been, I don't know, Washington. Um, dude, they would have first take would have been able to rip up their their run sheets and just make fun <laughs> of them for three hours. That's how bad this was. But fortunately for them, um, they they're in Houston and football because of crap like this, on top of other things, has become um, kind of a laughing stock uh, in to some and. Some people they just don't even pay attention sometimes. So no, yeah, there's. I mean, they're like, they're that's the perception outside of Houston, it, for sure. For, I mean, uh, you, I can, I follow different beat writers and stuff from different towns, and you'll see it in their replies. It's especially, you know, especially like DJ's feed is a good good one to kind of gauge off because he still has a big following from New York. And uh, same with Jonathan when Bro, from his into that and they jumped on me like a damn trampoline. <laughs> I had like forty five DMs. I had like a thousand comments because I said Zach Wilson sucked uh, yeah. like four or five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not even gonna revisit that because that's just the, that's just the time. It's it's a different level of smoke. But yeah, yeah, they're they're lucky they're in Houston because if the Jets pulled that or anyone else, they would have been getting killed. And I, and that's that's a problem. Yeah. That's gonna be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, so but thank everybody for for joining in. We got you know Landry's remote tonight, so um, appreciate to, appreciate to him for uh, continuing in and stepping in on the show. We got a lot of a lot of folks joining in. We're on Twitter Spaces, Twitter Live, and YouTube Live. So wherever you're at, thanks for for joining in. If you want to be a part of things, you can hit the request button on Spaces or submit your comment through YouTube. We'll get to whatever we can, and happy to answer what we can so t talking back to the benching you know davis mills benching a lot of quarterbacks benches this week a lot of quarterback changes all over the league this week we got a bunch of players either hurt or being benched and is this a one-week deal for kyle allen or in davis mills or is this a two-week reset or is this a if kyle allen say for some reason houston wins this weekend which going against miami seems like a long shot if he plays well, does he continue to stay there? And how well does he have to play to continue to to keep the spot and continue starting going down the road? I mean, I think the bar is pretty low. Um, I, I think he, I think he, they probably ride it out with him. Um, the, again, like you're talking about one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year in Mills. Uh, I think the bar is pretty low. The other thing that you know, maybe it mattered more than we gave it credit for. And I'm not saying that I, I would have started Davis Mills uh, from the beginning, but I mean, if we're being fair, um, in training camp, Rex Burkhead was your fourth best running back. 
and Rex Burkhead has stunk in the regular season. Uh, Justin Britt didn't look good. You didn't even make him play in preseason. He was bad. Kamu Grugier-Hill looked kind of rough in preseason, and Davis Mills was the third-best quarterback. Like, is it, like, honestly, he was the third-best quarterback in preseason. Yeah. Uh, so, Driscoll is 0-3. Or three and zero. I'm sorry, three and zero. But yeah, yeah. It's just so like it. Yeah, it I, what I, we're seeing now is a continuation of camp and preseason. Yeah, and and you know I didn't I didn't make a lot of it like just because you know there's more potential upside in seeing what he had and I'm happy they did it uh, just to figure stuff out. But uh, he's been bad. The bar's really low, and Kyle Allen looked a lot better in preseason than Davis Mills did. Uh, yeah. So. I expect him to play better. Uh, I I'm actually predicting just a Brandon Cooks revival. Um, I I think we see Brandon Cooks finish the season like more similar to what we've seen from him the first two years. Uh, I think a lot of his frustration had to do with Davis Mills, uh, which I know a lot of people will roll their eyes because well you committed to him and all that, and you know there's been some stuff, rightfully so. Where they were never on the same page on the field this year. That was clear. Yeah, but I think I think we're gonna see Brandon Cooks. Like I think we'll probably see. I don't know. I'll say a hundred yards this week, uh, assuming that he's out there. Uh, I think I think we're gonna see kind of a Brandon Cooks uh, type of revival, which is good because you'll get a better look for him and maybe the maybe the stock goes up. Um, but yeah, I do think it's Kyle Allen for the remainder of the season. Uh, I don't I don't think they they're gonna pull him out. I don't think they're gonna like play seesaw here. I think they're gonna. I think it's probably gonna go like two weeks, and Kyle Allen's probably gonna be in the same product as Mills. And at that point, is what's the difference of who's out there? What do you end up doing? And Bristol time. Yeah, I mean that makes me wonder if you deact. You know that Driscoll. I think they can't do any more elevations on him. I think he's already got three for this year, so they'd have to sign him to the roster, but. Yeah, it'd be t- it'd be tough press. Absent an injury, it'd be tough press to go back to Mills. And I agree with you. I could easily see them just rolling with Allen for the last seven games of the season and eking out maybe one win here. That you know, I I don't think he brings any more to the table for a win. He might bring more to the table to show better performance, better work out of the offense. But I don't think it's going to be enough to to produce a win, especially against Miami and that that high power offense. So it's, you know, hopefully we'll see just a little more cohesion. Like you said, cooks be better. I'd like to see, hopefully continue to see Collins pick up a little bit more and just see how he handles the blitz. I mean, we've seen how bad the interior offensive line has been. And this defensive front for Miami is no joke. Again, they've got very good pass rushers, both on the edge and in the interior, especially with the addition of, of Chubb. And they kind of play a, a weird front with a weird five-man front and kind of have Jalen Phillips rotate between interior and, and the edge, and he can really get after it. So it's going to be another rough day for uh, for Kenyon Green and Questenberry and A.J. Can for sure on the interior. And it hopefully – I mean, it can't seem to get any worse with that interior group. It's – you know, that was probably the only only honest thing we heard out of Casario today was his assessment of, of Kenyon Green. That was about the one time where it seemed like he was – being a little bit honest instead of instead of coach speak or GM speak. So, you know, that was we'll the see. worst half by a non-quarterback I think I've seen. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Kareem Jackson's rookie year 
uh, there could be something, but yeah. I, I think that was that was really rough uh, by Kenyon. I felt really bad for him. Yep. Really bad for him. So your Patrick Storm, if the playbook seems to open up, what do you think is the reason? Allen's talent or Pep's fill in the heat? I think Pep's gonna let it rip, and it, I know Patrick's been kind of on top of this, uh, and I think. Uh, uh, I think Ari's been on top of it. Like, there's been some guys that have been on top of it. Like, I think Pep's going to, like, let it rip now, and it's going to frustrate a lot of people uh, because I he really has not, He has a lot to lose, uh, but in the big scheme of things, he, he, you could say he has nothing to lose, uh, too, if, if that – I don't think that makes sense. But, like, I just think he's going to – I think he's going to coach a lot more freely now uh, without Mills. And I think it's going to be a lot of people are going to kind of eye roll it. Well, I mean, why? I mean, why would that be? Is it more? Does he feel like he can do more things with Allen, or it's, you know, I've, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've got nothing to lose with Allen. I was trying to protect Mills, but I've got nothing to lose with Allen. He's more of a veteran. He should be able to handle things a little bit differently. Is it that kind of line of thinking? I mean, I think it's that, and it's also like you kind of got. I mean, Pep Hamilton basically gets a revival where if things go well. Uh, he can like, he can sell it as it was all Mills. Uh, so I think naturally there, mm. you just kind of, you kind of just have a little bit more opportunity to, uh, to let it rip a little bit. I mean, I also think Allen, uh, I also think Allen's a little more comfortable than Mills. I think he's probably going to have a little bit more. I, mean, I think we'll see a little bit more poise. Uh, I think we'll see him move around a little bit more in the pocket, not be as statuesque. I think he'll help Kenyon Green. But I do, I do anticipate Pep kind of opening it up a little bit, which could be bad, uh, depending on how you look at it. But yeah, I do, I anticipate that. TJ says if Allen is more consistent throwing the ball, it should open up more running lanes for DP. I mean, Damian Pierce. Yeah, I mean that's that would be clear. Now we'll say Miami is probably a top eight run defensive unit. They're very, very good in that front so it, it might be another tough sledding day for Damian Pierce hopefully it's not what we saw against Washington but yeah if they if teams are not going to have to load up the box like Washington did and prove until Allen can prove that he can throw the ball and move the ball down the field then DP is going to have a it's going to have another rough day he might crack up in a few just like he does yeah, talking about getting slammed <laughs> what did he I say love, exactly? I love, I love that guy. I love that guy so much. Yeah. Nah. It, yeah. That was that man. That was interesting. That whole body slam the home dude put down on him. I, I get it. It's not. It shouldn't be in the game. But I mean, it didn't really hurt him. But I mean, that dude was flexing after he made that move and everything. He was all about it. All about it. There was no consequence. They had to kick the field goal anyways. So yeah. I guess it was worth it. No yeah. harm, no foul. <laughs> yeah. um, if you're listening in on Twitter Spaces, you can uh, hit the request button on the bottom left of the screen if you want to speak, or you can uh, just tweet at the tweet at the show on Twitter Spaces, and the comment will show up there. And if you're listening in on YouTube, uh, make sure you post your comment. We'll get to as much as we can tonight, being a, the special holiday edition of Cap and Trade tonight. Landry Locker joining us in of 610 Sports Radio and the Locker Room on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to his contents coming out daily. 
Let's see here. We got another one from True. So two questions, one draft, one free agency. Thoughts on Darnell Washington, and is it possible cap-wise for the team to land Roquan Smith and Deron Payne? Roquan's not – I mean, you're not going to trade what you traded for Roquan and let him go. So I, think, I don't think Roquan's going anywhere. Yeah, that's a that's – a, that was an interesting trade. And, and Baltimore is going to – it's going to be interesting to see how they handle things. They really need to get Lamar Jackson's contract done because if they have to place the exclusive tag on him, which is going to probably be around $49 million cap charge, it's going to be really tight for them to fit in a Roquan Smith deal as well, especially being a free agent. So, I mean, it, it's pretty clear Roquan wants to be a $20 million linebacker and uh, you know get past the C.J. Mosley deal. But – is it possible to fit just hypothetically? Sure. I mean, you can make anything work if you, you know, this team doesn't have a whole lot of contracts next year and they have some money that they can shift around between, um, between Tunsil if they did an extension, same with Howard. And uh, there's some, some deductions from the roster that they can make to free up some cap space. So could it, could it work? Yeah, sure. But like Landry said, there, there's, it'd be very odd, very, suspect to see Baltimore make that kind of trade and then let let uh paint you know let Roquan get away so that would be my thought on that but Deron Payne that's that's definitely a name to keep a lookout for I think there's going to be a couple of quality defensive tackles out on the market you know hopefully hopefully Houston can try to get one whether it's through the draft or for free agency but there are going to be a few options out there and then thoughts on Darnell Washington. Landry, you got any thoughts on Darnell Washington from a draft perspective? Uh, not really. I haven't really do, like dove into Darnell yeah, Washington. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot. That'll be a that'll be a April time we can really dig into something like that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I mean, I feel like I like pretty much every every prospect that we talk about at this point. I feel like I'm just falling in love with all of them. I just want. Want some players? I mean, I'm not. I'm. I like Darnell. I mean, I don't know. Like, when are you? When are you talking about taking him? Uh, I guess that would kind of come into it. I would. I do wonder, like, <clears throat> you know, where the Cleveland pick ends up uh, if they trade back, like they did last year with Kenyon Green. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Um, Miami has to forfeit their first round pick, so you actually have uh, three picks in the top 32. So there could be some trade-up potential there because you're right on the edge. So, I mean, it would just have to be like – it would really just have to depend on when you're talking about taking him. Yeah. <clears throat> Patrick says, Lamar Jackson, you are a heck Houston Texan. Woo! You know how I would be about that. Lamar's oh, my favorite quarterback. I know. That would I, just be... don't like, I just don't like Lamar Jackson haters because they just won't stop. Like, it's – okay, like you said he wasn't a quarterback – and then he's a quarterback and he wins an MVP. Then all of a sudden it's he sucks in the playoffs. Then all of a sudden it's like it's just it's just a revolving door of hate. Like it's just it it's just kind of it's kind of a little bit too much for me. Yeah. And I just I just like I like what he's about. I just like his personality. I like the way that he he just seems like a down to earth guy. Uh, he's best friends with Kodak Black. Uh, I'm just a big fan. Big fan of Lamar. Got some Cowboy fans infiltrating the show tonight. Mr. Dustin. So Dr. Barrett over on Twitter spaces, 
talking about Roquan, says they can let Roquan walk. They gave him up a two, and we'll get a three back for him. The thing about comp picks is nothing's ever guaranteed, and you can sign one player externally, and that comp pick is canceled out. It could be. It doesn't even have to be for the same amount of money. It can be similar money, or it also plays off of snap counts, play time. So if Roquan Smith goes elsewhere and then gets hurt, that comp pick will probably fall off. Similar to how, yeah, like with Kareem like Jackson, Jackson just two games in it, it canceled. It ended up canceling out altogether. You know, it dropped from a third down to a fourth, with, with which ended up canceling it out. So it's very, very tough to count on compensatory picks on top of it being a year later as well. So you're talking 2024 for that potential compensatory pick. So Dr. Barrett, that would be, they really, they badly needed a defensive makeover. Yeah. I mean, like they needed, they needed a guy like a Roquan Smith, like really bad. Yeah. You know, that they're, they're quietly becoming a big deal there. And he, Dr. Barrett also wanted to know, why aren't we getting a comp pick for Justin Reed? Well, it's because Nick Casario signed 42 free agents. Um, that pretty much the amount of free agents that he signed and the amount of, in just, it did, like I said, it didn't even have to be money for money. Like one player signed for the same amount of money for the other player. Just the amount of money that the amount of free agents that Casario signed this year externally was easily going to cancel out Justin Reed. Uh, there's a comp pick section over over on overthecap.com. If you want to take a look at that as well, it should hopefully spell it out a little bit further. Bro, you're a beast on this type of stuff. This is where you just sit sit back and listen. And stuff like this. <laughs> Let's see here. So I was, you know, like I was, yeah. So let's see here. Is this team worse than last year? Is this team worse than last year? Why is that? Is it coaching or players or both? Bring, oh, bring back Coley. New, thank you. I guess it could be worse. They're making it hard to root for them. Yeah. I mean, you see, we see it every Sunday. You know, the state, it was already, what, maybe 30% capacity, you know, starting out the season and, this past week, it's getting rough, and it's getting tough for the fans to continue to stay on board. And that's partly why, you know, I think you got to look at the quarterback in the draft next year. You just got to start to show some some forward movement. And is it the team worse than last year? I don't think so. At least from a, a personnel standpoint, I don't think they're any worse. They're probably not much better, but they are a hair bit better, especially the secondary. But maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's a little bit of everything. You know, maybe you had they had a lot of turnovers last year that went their way, and that led to some wins that maybe they shouldn't have gotten. But you know, this year the turnover margins in the negative again, and that those kind of things lead to losses. Whether it's a seven point loss, three point loss, or a fourteen point loss, and you know you have like pit, the pick six from last week and. I think you just add all those things together, and it's such a volatile from year to year, especially the turnover margin in defense. A lot of a lot of fans and folks, especially myself, kind of thought this defense might would at least be kind of a middle-of-the-pack performance defensive group, maybe top 20, but they're just right back to where they were last year um, from a number standpoint without the turnovers. So I think that's one of the reasons why you're, you're getting into this one-win season versus the four wins that they had last year. So 
overall is it worse than last year? I don't think so, but the record is what it is, and they're <laughs> from that standpoint, yeah, they're a worse team. Yeah, I think that the uh, I think the overall like roster, like looking ahead, I think it's I think it's better. I think there's obviously like some more young talent. Um, you're you're definitely better at running back. Um, receiver Brandon Cooks hasn't been as good as he was last year I think that's a big problem uh, regardless of what the reason is Davis Mills is worse um, I think the O-line's better because you actually have Titus Howard doing what he should have been doing the whole time um, yep. and the tackles are good uh, the one thing I will say and the guy mentioned David Culley what was his name um, what the person who the guy who asked the question Austin Oh, Austin, he mentioned David Coley. I will say one thing. <laughs> David Coley does look kind of smart if he was unwilling to fire Tim Kelly for Pep Hamilton. <laughs> that's the that's thing. Like, man, that's a nobody's talking about modem right there. <laughs> like, if of all the things, like, we question, like, David Coley, like, a lot of times, like, we, we question, like, man, this clock management against the Patriots and some of this clock management's embarrassing. But if David Coley truly went down because he didn't want to let Pep Hamilton call plays instead of Tim Kelly, I'm not saying Tim Kelly's like Bill Walsh, but who knew? I mean, Coley, Coley was all over it. Nobody listened. The man knows. (laughs) Doesn't he he kind of look smart? (laughs) Would you say that the games were close early due to defense creating turnovers? They did in the beginning, you know, until. They went on a hiatus from the turnover standpoint. I mean, they seem to be getting, you know, they had a few turnovers on special teams. They uh, were able to knock the ball loose with the with the peanut punch and things like that and a couple of interceptions, and then they kind of went on a hiatus, and Steven Nelson broke the, broke the seal and got another interception, and then it just returned right back, and PG dropped one last week. But, God. yeah, I would be one of the few one of the few reasons, Arthur, that, that's why they were closer earlier in the season, and now it just it's snowballing, snowballing on all all, all spectrums of the roster, offense, defense, and you know even we're starting to see Frank Ross's group kind of have some cracks and you know a couple of mistakes here and there and penalties that we never would see don't from the you Frank. Ever don't you ever? I know you love Frank Ross. Ross. I'm not trying to say bad about him. I'm just saying it's there's a couple penalties, a couple things happening that usually don't happen on a Frank Ross special fault. team. Not his fault. KJ says, I think the Texans have to take a QB at number one. I understand why fans talk about taking Anderson or Carter. That will lead us to QB purgatory. That's been my contention, you know, for this part. I mean, regardless if if you didn't take QB at number one or you tried to go to a veteran, like, you know, maybe Derek Carr gets released and you try to go down that path. But what is what is this roster with Derek Carr? I mean, middle of the pack then at that point. And then you're, like you're saying, you're a QB purgatory and it. You just got to swing for the fences and and hope that Bryce Young is the guy, and can get get this organization back up and going. And that way, you're only using using one pick instead of having to trade up in 2024. So there's still plenty of other picks to uh, to use to build this roster around a quarterback. So I have I no Bryce, problem. I think Bryce is the guy. That would yeah. Be- no hesitation. There you go. Here's a good one for you, Landry, from Austin. Would the Texans organization consider hiring Frank Ross as their next head coach? No, but I do think that uh, if you want to, if you want to look at like a potential special teams coach, um, 
that Frank Ross worked with, like is like a dark horse type name. I think Bubba Ventrone is one. You like you uh, some Ventrone. The Indianapolis special teams coach, um, which I'm kind of surprised he didn't get the interim job this year, but uh, well, he's, like, he's not drinking buddies with Ursy. What's he's that? not he's not drinking buddies with Ursy. You know that's that's how you get he's the no. No, I mean it, it'll drink. Yeah, he may not. He might. If the team goes defensive head coach to Miko Bryan, what's the name for you like for OC rooting for Clint Kubiak? I had a note on here about that too, about him getting the call plays over in Denver, and that's going to be this past week was their first time they they couldn't hold it. You end up you know end up losing to Las Vegas. Luckily, it was good to see Las Vegas get a win. You know, create that little more buffer, but you know, there's. There's a, there's going to be some different options out there, and D'Amico's one of them. You know, if he's if he's ready to take a head coach gig, you know, last year he was a hot name. I think Dan Quinn's a better option than Flores too. Yeah, there's going to be some options. The, the I can't remember the gentleman's name coming out of uh, out of Carolina is another one to look at. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens with with Lovey. I think we're putting getting a little ahead of ourselves on the on the coaching front. What we'll to wait and see what the team does, but. You know, as for that, um, Flores almost broke Tua. Yeah, that's he true. Did. Yeah, he's he he's did. a tough guy too. From tough to and he, if you thought it was bad with Lovey and oh, and and Casario and how they had, keep things from the media and don't want anything out, Flores was even worse. Yeah. So I don't even think we want that <laughs> from that standpoint. But no, I mean, if he's good coach, that's fine. I just don't know. You know, I don't. I don't think for I think he did had some good years in Miami, but I kind of think it's kind of regardless of the process and I, and you know obviously Miami was talking about tanking and they were tampering with Tom Brady and stuff. Uh, I kind of think it's kind of been shown that you know they made the right call in going with McDaniel. Whether it was their yeah, that's choice. been that's been fun to watch over there, and it, we're we're going to get to see it firsthand this weekend. But it's been. I mean the way the way that offensive scheme runs, and it and it's clear who was kind of Shanahan's mastermind behind the offense. And Shanahan's obviously the the pioneer of it from his dad, but McDaniel's man that they seem to run the same uh, plays. Huh? Did you watch his press conference this week? No. Dude, I ought to go back and watch your it. Your nerdy your nerdy ass will love it. Uh, I mean, no, but it's no. just. So fun to watch him run the same plays from two different formations and just beat people over and over with it. And it's just got a small variation from here to there. It's very simple and it's not complex. And it's Man. it's just great to see. And then the fact that he the the one where he asked and it was what last week when he asked um what quarterback was scrambling on them and he asked him to stop Fields. on the sideline. Who? Fields. Yeah, and he asked him to stop, and he was like, "I asked him to stop, and obviously coaching's an issue for him. He he didn't want to listen, and that just that dude, dude is hilarious." This one, like this one's like so like in depth. It's like a twenty six minute presser. You know how I am with that, but mm-hmm. like he talks about how Kubiak influenced him and Shanahan, and uh, he talks about how. Uh, like he talks about defense, how they put three pass rushers out there, and like everything that goes into that, like mm-hmm. quarterback double hitching. He talks about offense and like 
they asked him how comfortable he's getting, and he starts talking about how, um, you know, I comfortable to me is almost like another sign of laziness. And he talks about like everything that goes into like calling plays, like what you take into account, all that. Like he's just really in depth. Like it's it's like he's a man of many words, like Nick Casario. Uh, you can actually just go listen to our eleven o'clock segment. Uh, okay. Fire up the Odyssey app. Little self promotion. Uh, we just played the best of what he had to say, dude. He's just like he's really deep. <laughs> like, and he's a re- he's also got a cool story because he's a recovering alcoholic. Actually, got mm-hmm. fired in Houston um, for oversleeping. Uh, I think Dan Quinn and Shanahan had like a coming to Jesus meeting with him in Atlanta. Uh, Supposedly, he's a big smoker now. Um, we actually talked to someone who I guess was like in his uh, frat at Yale. Uh, but he started out as like an intern with Kyle Shanahan. He's just like, he's just an interesting guy. And he's really like, I know the highlights that you see are like, he's kind of dopey. But when he's talking ball, especially when he was talking defense, man, he's deep, man. Yeah. He's deep. Yeah. No, we'll see. I mean, it, they're seven point dogs this weekend, so I don't know. It'd take a lot to to. They're what dogs? Six and a half, seven point. I thought something like that. Is the line even higher than that? Probably thirteen. Is it thirteen now? You want to? You want? You want to? Let me wanna, let me go look. You want to take seven? I'll I'll take Miami minus seven. Shh, well, I don't want to now. Yeah. Betting dashboards. Let me go look here. Six or seven. 13 and a half now, yeah. It's 13 and a half You're now. You're going to have Mattis Mack cleaning out his whole winnings. Yep, 13 and a half now. Yeah, see, at the very beginning of the week, it was 10 and a half, and it keeps going, going, going down to 13 and a half now. Man, went down went down two points in the last 12 hours. Man, they don't, they don't, like, Kyle, they don't like Kyle Island. Don't know what's coming. Uh, let's see here. I had some more questions. Couple of DMs on Twitter. What you laughing about, man? Kyle Allen, they don't know what's coming. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't have a whole lot of expectations on it. The competitive advantage. They don't know what's really. I'm being. I'm being sarcastic. They don't know what's coming. That's what I mean. They don't know who's gonna play. They're gonna. They're gonna. Like somebody told me on Twitter, they're gonna announce it on Friday and act like it's a breaking, breaking news. So. Um, let's see here. There was a question that got over here. Was, with Lamar's contract in the works, potentially, do you think there's a chance Tyler Huntley could be moved this offseason? You're talking about Snoop Huntley? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to be an RFA, restricted free agent, this coming offseason. So I don't see any reason why Baltimore would let him get away i mean they might put like a second round tender on him since he was an undrafted free agent so that they can't do an original round tender if they want to get any draft compensation for him so maybe they do a a second round tender which would be where is it at dang it i can't find it now trends no anyhow it would be i think Lower four, little over four and a half million, something like that, for the RFA tag, but RFA tender. So, I mean, I don't see any reason why they would do anything other than that with Tyler Huntley. And if they could even do the original tender, if they don't think anybody would sign him, I, I mean, I get it. He had 
you know, a little bit of showing, but I just don't see what all the hype is about him. But maybe I'm missing something. Is there a lot of hype? I get the Tyler Huntley question about once a month, it seems like, all this season. Is it the same guy asking it? No. No. Okay. Different people. Also, how close do you think Lamar gets to the fully guaranteed threshold? The Deshaun deal? I don't think he gets close. I don't think anybody's going to get close for a while. I mean, until they're until they're really willing to dig in. Watson, I think, is still viewed by many organizations as an outlier who had a ton of leverage in his specific situation, coupled with Cleveland just doing something completely out of left field. I mean, we, we, we know how out of left field that was because it they snuck in the back door with that one and end up Casario ended up having to penalize them with a little – update on the draft picks after the fact but is it you know nobody's even come close you know Kirk Cousins had his little you know 95% guarantee back way back when but he had some some good uh free agency leverage but the Baltimore is going to put the exclusive tag on him most likely and is there a way that he gets there I don't think so he's he's as you know, he, he's not, he doesn't have an agent representing him, which I don't think is going to hurt him. He'll probably, I think he's, I think he's working with the same folks that helped Tunsil do his contract. Of course, he's going to have Eric DaCosta. Yeah, he's going to have Eric DaCosta and different people on the other side of the table, not Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby on the other side of the table negotiating the contract, which makes a, a big difference. But is he going to get there 100%? No, he's just going to get his. 180 million guaranteed, 200 million guaranteed, won't be a full guaranteed deal, and that'll be that. It'd be my guess. I think they get a deal worked worked out in the off season, but it also I also get the impression that you know Lamar just he's cool with it. You know, if hey, you want to play on the tag, I'll go play on the tag. I mean, it's no big deal to me. He's just playing ball. Yeah, he's just playing ball. You know, it's 49 million play, next year, and then he yeah, and he'll be pretty much unfranchised tackable in 2024 if he goes that route. So. He'll make his money one way or another, and, you know, I think he'll get closer, but I think we're still a good ways away. And then we saw the NFLPA this week file um, some questions about collusion and towards guaranteed contracts, which I think is a tough sell for them. I think that was uh, more of uh, DeMoris, his last bidding option. He's he's out the door after, I think, after this year's NFLPA president, so – I think he's just got his one last hurrah trying to trying to get something out there for the players. There's no evidence that you can see that the teams are are pushing to avoid fully fully guaranteed contracts. What they're trying to avoid is five year fully guaranteed contracts. If this league transition towards fully guaranteed contracts, you'll see the contracts the lengthwise shrink dramatically. You'll see nothing but one or two year two-year contracts it'd become almost like it'd become almost like the nba where everything is just one or two-year deals easier to trade players back and forth things like that because all the the contracts are all the same from a structure standpoint and there's only your top top of the market veteran guys are going to maybe get something beyond two years but beyond that i don't think the players really want fully guaranteed contracts and i say that because i think there's more money to be had with the current structure of contracts that are coming out from a total cash payout over the life of the contract versus just getting a one-year fully guaranteed deal and then take your chances back in the market. And the market fluctuates so much from year to year that it's 
it just doesn't make sense to me. Not yet, at least. They haven't just got to the point. But they're going to, you know, the players are going to need Lamar Jackson to push back and hold out if they want to continue this push towards fully guaranteed contracts. Let's see here. We'll go back to the questions. Got a few more that came in. Do you think the McNair's seeing the fans not showing up? This is on Twitter. Fans not showing up at games. Do you think they should sell the team? No. No. And I don't think they're going to. I don't think there's any reason for them to. I mean, at they're doing the, fine. They're doing fine, but they do need to check Casario. Yeah, I mean, that, this is – We you got to think about it too. You know, this is what year three of, of Cal, you know, being the front runner on things. And, and he has shown to be – a bigger cash spender than than Bob McNair ever was, and this team was a top top cash spender on the roster two years in a row up until last year, and then this year they're even with this roster with the like you mentioned the seventy five million dollars in cap in cap dead money this year on the cap they're still like top fifteen cash spender, and he has spent a ton of money on the on the on the facilities and. I just don't see him any any way trying to head out or get out or sell the team or anything like that. And if folks think he needs to sell the team, I don't. I disagree with that. I think, like Landry said, he just needs to get the whether it's Casario or somebody just continue to work towards getting the right people in the building. You know, that's that's it. It it at the end of the day. So I got one other question for you, Landry, before we. Hop out of here. So there's a list of teams here that are seven-win teams or more. And which one of these teams are real and which ones are kind of the fakers, right? So Philadelphia, they're the real deal out of the NFC. They're real. Yeah. Kansas City. Of course, real. (laughs) Minnesota. God. Um, I think they're – I think they're because we got we saw them kind of get gut checked last week, and it just yeah, and they, and they've had their two losses have been really ugly. Yeah, uh, really, really ugly. Now they lost to some good teams, um, but I'll say I'll say they're real. But um, I mean. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll say they're real. I'll say they're real, but I'm not like 100 confident in it. Although I did pick them to win the division. Yeah, Buffalo. Real as hell, man. Although the problem with Buffalo, it's I don't think it's the worst thing that they're not in first place because I don't think they're necessarily built uh, to win uh, in the kind of conditions that are often in Buffalo. Uh, just the way the snow and stuff. They're, they're kind of it's kind of weird uh, because they still don't run the ball great, although they are running the ball a little bit more, but they're, they're real as hell. They're, they're yeah, real. Josh Allen just needs to kind of rein in a little bit. He's getting a little, little jo- too Josh Allen-y. He needs a little bit of rest. Yeah. Dallas? Real. Man, they look. Especially if they're going to use Tony Pollard. They look if, really if, good, yeah. kind of lucked into that, but if they're going to use Tony Pollard, yeah, because – Tony Pollard, you look at all his starts, he's the best back in the league. Oh, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Like, I know you're not. Starts, yeah. Just when he starts, he's the best back in the league. Uh, he was last year in his one start. Uh, and then, you know, you look at his starts this year, like, he's fresh. He's getting a lot of carries. 
their defense is good. Uh, Dallas is real. So we, I've said everyone's real so far. Goodness. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they handle things at with Pollard next year. So I mean, it's they're finally getting out of Elliott's guaranteed money. Uh, next year, I think they got one more year of help, if I'm not mistaken. You you will know better than me. Yeah, I don't see any guaranteed money next year. Okay, okay. 16, 16, 16.7 million cap charge with 11.8 dead money. So there's like four and a half million in savings there. So maybe they can finally move on from Elliott and re-sign Pollard. Uh, let's see here, Miami. They're real, especially with Tua. I mean, that like they the, they seem to find their way. Yeah, their struggles were when he was out. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say they're real. Although you know it'll be interesting to see how McDaniel handles a playoff situation. But when Tua's in there, they're hard to beat. It's hard to find two more two more dynamic receivers than those. Yeah, Waddle and Hill, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough this week, especially if Sting, Stingley doesn't play again, which it kind of seems like he's not gonna play. Uh, New York Giants. Nah, I mean they're not real, but. Uh, I still think their coach has done a hell of a job even getting them in this discussion. Um, yeah. But no, nah, they're not. They're not a threat to make a run or anything. Then the Titans, uh, they just seem to just scrap their way to a win. Every uh, Rabels, man, he's such a good coach. I don't think they're. I don't think they're a uh, like a contender. I don't think they're going to make like a run. But they 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 reach their full potential every year, and it's just it's just incredible. Yeah. That was that was it for the list. I just wanted to get your take on that. It pretty much I don't, I think Minnesota's a faker. I think if they get in it'll be a, a one and done for them through the playoffs, but and and the Giants, another team, but everybody else on that list is is a real team and it's just been a it's, overall it's just been an interesting interesting league this year with the off, total offense across the league being down and now we're going to see a bunch of quarterback changes this week between injuries and benching, so It'll be a fun holiday weekend. A lot of games tomorrow, three tomorrow, and then thread through the weekend. I think that's about all I had, sir. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, jumping in with us remote. Hope you have a good family vacation up there and enjoy your time. Have a wonderful holiday. Yes, sir. appreciate you, man. All right, and everybody that was listening in, whether you're on Twitter Spaces, YouTube, Twitter Live, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, and, and, and there's more important things than football, according to your GM, Nick Casario. So my GM, good. yeah. We should all think about that. Well, yeah. no, I'll, I'll be. <laughs> but no, I, I thank everybody for listening in. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week. Landry's already dropped off, so that's fine. But uh, I appreciate everybody joining in and listening in and appreciate all the comments and and all the interactions are always fun. Uh, I enjoy interacting with the fans, so don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter at TexansCap. And we'll get the uh, podcast version of this show posted up. Probably going to be like Friday at this point, just because tomorrow will be in Thanksgiving. So I'll try to get it up on Friday, and we'll, we'll maybe cut some clips from this and get those posted on the channel. And, and we'll keep, I'll keep working my butt off trying to get this channel hopping and rolling as we continue on. And... Uh, Thanks for everybody and and have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday and be safe. Peace.